Welcome to Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You, a podcast about everything you need to know about teens. I'm Kathy. And I'm Meredith. And we speak teenager. Uh, did we also mention that we're best friends? We've worked as admission officers, prep school administrators, and most importantly, have coached thousands of teens. In other words, we have seen it all. So join us every week as we give you the lowdown on all the shit your teenager isn't telling you. Because trust us, there's a lot of it. And if you don't know what to do with the teenagers in your life, don't worry. We've got your back. Welcome to another episode of Shit Your Teenagers Won't Tell You. And this is something they won't, they might tell you, but they're not going to tell you everything. They're this is actually a suggestion from a <laughs> one of my old sorority sisters, which was she's like, I really want you to do an episode on Greek life. And I was like, Oh, that's a great idea. We've not tackled that one. We've yet. not talked about Greek life and what it entails and the pros and cons of having letting your kid join a sorority if they ask if they want to do it. So yeah, Meredith and I have we both went to USC, so we'll just we're gonna talk from our experience just as undergrads, and also working with different kids who've gone mm-hmm. and have friends who've done Greek life. We're not Greek life experts by any means. No. I don't even know what a Greek life expert would be, although apparently there are consultants that you can pay now <gasps> to help your girls go through Rush. I just, oh, I just saw. And that's such a Does precursor that to you? how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Really? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just actually read this. I forget oh my what, gosh. Wow. what publication, but there are consultants that you can wow. hire now who help your young women get ready for sorority rush. Probably okay. really prevalent in the South. Yeah. Where sororities and Greek life really rule. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You learned something new. <laughs> You sure do. And I'll just start with my experience. I went to USC in the 90s, and I was not at all – I one of the first parties I went to was on, like many people, on fraternity and sorority row, on the row, okay? Mm-hmm. And I remember this party. It was dark. There were jello shots. I got really drunk. <laughs> And sick. It was not good. So I went with, sounds went with on sounds, brand. sounds on brand and really typical for a lot of teenagers who go to yeah. their first college party. And just with a couple of girls from my dorm, I remember we were like, yeah, let's go to the row and go to a party. And I don't remember feeling unsafe or anything like that. I just remember feeling really overwhelmed. Like, what is this? And why are there so many people here? And everybody's so much older than me. Oh my God. I was 17 when I started college. And then I, so I had no interest in rushing Greek life. That was really not on my radar. I'm an immigrant for context sake. I'm an immigrant, first gen, Chinese immigrant. I was actually born in Taiwan and moved to the US when I was three. So Greek life was really like something you saw in movies for me. And it just wasn't part of something that I thought I would do until I met some girls who were in an Asian sorority. Mm. And I was like, that I can get on board with Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I am in fact Asian and everybody in this group looks just like me. Mm -hmm. And I like these girls and they want me to rush their their Asian sorority. So I did. And so I ended up being in an Asian sorority for the rest of my time at USC. So I, I joined my sophomore year. Which is actually kind of late for a lot of people. Most people do their all the fraternity. I mean, there, it's more freshman common now. Yeah. But it's a yeah. lot of freshman year decision making. How about you, Meredith? What's your personal experience with Greek life at the USC? 
So I think we should say for context, USC is known for having a pretty... Robust? Yeah, let's use that word. Robust. <laughs> robust. Greek scene. Yeah. And I think by robust, you know, especially for those of you who have kids who are thinking about Greek life, and, and either way, they're curious about it or they don't want anything to do with it. Anytime I see a school that has like more than 20%, 25% of the kids mm-hmm. who go there are part of Greek life, that tells me, okay, that's a pretty prominent feature socially of that school. Yeah. Probably. And it doesn't even sound like that much, like a quarter. Like, no, but, but it's but a it lot, is. especially if they also have residences, mm-hmm. you know, if they actually have dedicated houses where the kids live. So my experience, I was not in a sorority. My brother, who is older than me, was in a fraternity. And when I arrived at USC, I kind of knew early on, I think maybe just through hearing some of his experiences, that that wasn't my scene. Yeah. And I was very involved as an undergraduate and joined a lot of other kinds of organizations. And I ended up joining this sort of all-women service organization Mm -hmm. at USC that... That's where all the nice girls went. Yeah. They were Helene's... You yeah. were Helene. Like, that's where all the, like, the nighty, nice, nerdy girls who didn't do sorority rush, they went to Helene's. And they were, like, right. Trojanites. Well, and also, as a – I mean, this is just facts. I don't know if this is probably not appropriate to share on a podcast. I didn't see – like, pragmatically, I didn't see the benefit. I was like, okay, wait a minute. I have to, like, clap in unison with a bunch of people <laughs> that I don't know that are, like, I'm basically paying to be my friends. I have to wear the same thing. I don't like that. I have to choose this house before I've even started my freshman year. That seems dumb. And I don't actually, as a young woman, need to be in a sorority to get into all of the fraternity parties. Like, I went to plenty. My first boyfriend in college was in a fraternity. Like, I went to all of the, the parties I wanted to go to. Like, But I didn't have to also clap in unison and sing songs. And <laughs> and you know, you know the funny thing is, like, we're so different. Like, that so appeals to me. You were a like, cheerleader. Clap I was a cheerleader. Yeah, exactly. I, would, I was like, that so appeals to me. Like, I'm so basic that way. I was like, oh, my God. I told – I was like, what? I think that's basic. I think that that – Oh, really? I okay. <laughs> I mean, because at the end of the day, I think we were both searching for the same thing, right? Which is a sense of belonging. And as like a community, and well, and you this- happen to find it in this Asian sorority. <laughs> I was like, and I oh, found it elsewhere. We we get to dress up and have a formal every year. Like, like we have to pr- we have to get prom every year, that's twice you a year. You had to date somebody in a fraternity because you got to do. All oh, those I didn't things. even consider that. I was just like, that's oh, that's so fun. Move. I want to do that. I want to go to prom twice a year, and we get dressed up and we go parties. Yay, that's fun. that's fun with a bunch of Asian people. Yeah. Like, clapping in unison, the whole idea of Rush, like, throwing parties, I was like, that is so fun. (laughs) You know I was a wedding planner for a hot second, too, so you get how it appeals. Anyways, continue. Yeah, so my experience of it was I was around Greek life a ton, actually, at USC because of my brother, because of my friends, most of whom were in fraternity. My guy friends mostly were in fraternities, and some of my girlfriends were in sororities, not all. And so to me, mm-hmm. I felt like I was able to access the aspects of Greek life that felt most appealing to me, which were like the fun parties, the fun events. For me, I was able to sort of participate in all of those things yeah. without the stuff that I didn't really like. It didn't really appeal to my values to be scrutinized for the way that I looked, which is, again, this is... This is unique, I think, to Greek life doesn't look the same from school to school. There are some places where the stuff Kathy and I are going to say, like someone who's in a Greek house there would be appalled to hear what we're saying. But at USC at that time in the 2000s for me in the early 2000s, late 90s, when did I go to college? I don't know. (laughs) Somewhere in there. I'll say Uh, 
tell me. <laughs> it was, you know, like girls would go participate through Rush and they would, if you were not blonde and white, you were not getting into that house. Yeah, it was really, it was, very, it was a very, like a type of person that would go Greek, right? It definitely felt that way. I think yeah. there were houses that were known for being less that way, there like were. not so superficial, not totally focused on how you presented yourself, how you looked, yeah. if you seemed wealthy, like... I think it's a little bit of a stereotypical view of Greek life, but it was real, like, during that time era. at that time. Yeah, at that at time. That school. I don't think that's true. I had, like, point of contrast, I had some friends from high school who were Greek at other schools at different places across the country. Sure. And when I would tell them stories, their experience of what... Very different. So different. Yeah. So, so, so different. So... Aiden and I were talking about this last night. This is my partner. And he went to a very small liberal college... In the Midwest and his fraternity, he was talking about, and one of his fraternity brothers was at our house last night and we were talking about, I was like, you guys were the biggest nerds. He's like, we really were. He's like, we just accepted everybody. Like we wanted to be this really welcoming, open house and his house his fraternity was actually known, like, as the gay fraternity, like, 10 years before ah. he joined. Uh-huh. And it just kind of – and the people who would have been drawn to his house are people who would not have been affected by the fact that this fraternity was gay 10 years before, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he had a very different – like, yeah. he was in a fraternity, but the way that they went about it, their values, what they cared about, it's actually pretty cool. I give him a hard time for it. But <laughs> – yeah, and my brother's fraternity was what you all think of when you think of a stereotype of a fraternity. Animal which house. is hilarious to hear him talk about it today. But I think the point we're making in all of this is that if your child is interested in Greek life, I do think it's important to understand what Greek life means, looks like, feels like, sounds like at the different schools. Yeah. Because they're not all the same. Mm-hmm. And what does it represent? And how does that system align or not align with your child's values or your values as a family. Because for some of you, there's going to be a lot of alignment. Maybe those of you who are listening were part of fraternities and sororities, and that was a really pivotal and important experience for you in your college life. And you think, gosh, what a great gift to have my child experience something similar. Absolutely. And for others, you might have a very different perspective on it. And I think it's important to let your children discover that for themselves and make their, come to their own conclusion about it. But Greek life's not all the same. It's not all the same, and it's not all bad. I know a lot of we're painting some of this, like, this picture of this kind of very stereotypical Rush experience. (laughs) It definitely is not all good. It's not all bad either. So let's talk about some of the pros, cons. Let's start with some pros, because I think we've (laughs) been going on cons pretty hard. Oh, okay. As we do. Pros. Pros. So I have some friends and acquaintances who had really positive experiences. They were leaders in their organizations. A lot of the skills that they've learned in business and management, they learned through mm-hmm. being leaders in their sorority or fraternity, right? They had to get people on the same page, plan big events, handle and manage conflict skillfully, right? Like a lot of these soft skills that they learned that they use in their daily lives and in their work lives, they learned in their sorority, and I would say the same thing. One of the things that I did, I took a leadership position in my sorority, and it really, it was like a dean position for the sorority. I was like in charge of all the pledges. Yeah. 
And it's so funny because it kind of mirrors my work now, like caregiving, taking care yeah. of like yeah. a incoming group of clueless young people who are scared sure. and worried. Right. And so I feel like I did get to practice a lot of the skills that I use in my profession now, right? In mm-hmm. my sorority. So I think that was definitely a pro for me. And the the just the people skills, just like I made so many mistakes in those leadership positions mm-hmm. too, that mm-hmm. I was I had the opportunity to do that in my sorority. And those experiences don't exist just within a sorority, right? You obviously had that with right. Colleen's. Sure. You know, you can join lots of organizations where you could have that. The nice thing about fraternity sororities, they are really huge. <laughs> They're big organizations, usually. And there's a national oversight. Mm-hmm. Like, there's 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 some good Abroad. oversight. Mm-hmm. And there's also some great connections that people can make and networking. And I think that's important for a lot of people who choose yeah. to go into Greek life. There's a legacy of that, right? Like my mom and my grandma were both in this house. And so that feels important to carry on, right? And so I think for a lot of people, there is value in it. And mm-hmm. it feels important. It makes them feel part of a legacy or their families or a community. Yeah. And for me at USC, I'll be really honest, I felt very lost at USC. Yeah. I was like, I came from a community of just Asian people in high school, like largely immigrant, largely first gen and your people, that's right. And when I went to USC, but no white people. And so when I went to USC, I was like, what the heck? And I felt very lost for a long time. And joining the sorority and having that affinity group of just like Asian people, it was good and bad. It it was bad in that like I just hung out with Asians for a long time, but it was good because it actually helped me feel safer in that Mm -hmm. community. Mm -hmm. So that was a good thing, I would say for sure. Yeah. I'm trying to think of more pros that Kathy has. <laughs> Mary's like, I got a pro in there somewhere. You mentioned, I was going to talk about networking. I was going to talk <laughs> about the ways in which I think any organization, but a Greek house certainly can help make a big place feel smaller and more accessible. And often these are, these are whenever yeah. you're joining a group of multi-year students, right? So freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors, then there's sort of this collective wisdom you get to tap into about Oh, make sure you take this class if you want to go to that, you know, summer program and or this professor. Or this professor. Oh my god, you have to take this There's professor. Some, like, They're so good. Inside yeah. baseball that can happen in these small groups that I think is can be really helpful and useful as a student transitions into a college environment. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we say Greek life, and I I was sort of like thinking critically before we started this episode about my own bias of which I have a lot around Greek life, if that's not becoming readily apparent. (laughs) And I was trying to think, is it equally, is it equal amongst, well, can I go to the cons? (laughs) Okay. Here's, okay. I just have to get off my chest. So here are some reasons why I don't love Greek life, but bear in mind that my experience of Greek life, it was at a school where I think that school, USC fits some pretty traditional stereotypical Yes. I think less so now. Less so now, but when we but were But when there, we were there, yeah. For sure. Yes. I, in general, in life, tend to have problems with exclusionary spaces. So there's that. Right. Whereas I love exclusion. <laughs> <laughs> the more exclusive, the better. We were just talking about this last night. Oh I was. We were talking about the rush process, and Aiden was talking about how everybody, how everybody all, was welcome. How he was like that was our whole ethos was that we wanted to like be really welcoming. Not and I was like, was in charge. I was like, really? Because that was like the opposite of what we were trying to do. We were trying to be really exclusive. So I, I'm. 
proof that that's true. Yes, yeah, we I were mean, trying to be exclusive. Yeah, because I, you know, I tend to think about like the folks on the edges or the margins, or you know, what if you're that's what right. if you're non-binary? What you go to? What do you do? You go to a sorority? You go to fraternity? Like, there's only two choices, right? And more and more, I think we should also talk about Greek life. Just a Greek life kind of one-on-one moment. There's sort of these traditional social houses that we're talking about, like the animal house version of Greek life. Then there's there's Greek sororities and fraternities that can be clustered around different affinity groups, like like an Asian sorority or like a business fraternity mm-hmm. or like around certain majors. So, and those aren't the same either. You know, being part of the pre-med fraternity is that's very, co-ed. That's co-ed, right? Very different than my brother's fraternity Phi Delta. Real different experience. Oh, you just called them out. I sure did. I don't even know if that house is even allowed. That's around so anymore funny. I have a friend. So one of my good friends' husbands fight out. Very commonly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there's that. I think I've always been someone who sort of gets involved in things that feel more aligned to my values, and it was hard for me to get behind an organization that said you can come in and you can't come in because you look this way and you don't look this way. I didn't like that. You know, that didn't feel good. I had friends because I knew when I started college that I didn't really have interest in Greek life. And I was playing club soccer at USC and I was already busy. I was cool. But I had a lot of friends, a lot of girlfriends who were going through the rush process and they would come back in tears. They would be so upset. And the just level of rejection for reasons that that had no other explanation than superficial, just like hard to watch. And I was like, what? Like, and it puzzled me. And then for the guys, my guy friends, when they were going through rush, they were just being hazed. And that also seemed bad. We hazed. Yeah, I mean, a lot of schools, I mean, now hazing is much more. It's not more oversight. Yeah, it's much more oversight. It's talked about more. It's less, but it still happens. And so that also, I was like, I don't want to be hazed. Like, I'm kind of mouthy. Like, if somebody's telling, I don't (laughs) like being told. I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> yes, and the, and you often do have. There's lots of rules and regulations uh, yeah, I don't like about that. how you dress and when you show up and da 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 and how oh, you address I mean, somebody and it's a whole thing. It's it's like it, it's indoctrination, right? It's like it's hazing. Yeah. It's it's yeah. I've been in many organizations that use hazing to yeah, I don't like that. Get people on board real quick. And then I think with fraternities in particular, and I you know as I mentioned. At USC at that time, there were fraternities that were like, oh, that's where the nice guys are. That's where the nerds are. But then there were fraternities who were like, yeah, you don't go to that party at night. Yeah. Right? You know right, what I'm saying? Right, 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 right. So it also, houses can have different cultures, different reputations. Yeah. And so like my first boyfriend ever was, sweet James. The sweetest. The sweetest. And he was in a fraternity and all my guy friends were in a fraternity but that fraternity was, like, full of, like, nice, smart, nerdy guys. And they party, but it was, like, at a level that felt, like, appropriate for freshman year of college and normal. Yep. And not crazy. And there wasn't, like, people, like, being sexually assaulted in some dark corner in the room. But, like, that was happening at other places. Right. And you knew that. In the community, you would know that. And you'd be like, no, I'm not going to that place because I hear bad stories. Yeah. For sure. I was going to talk more. I was thinking more about this whole rush thing because I think mm. – if you didn't go to college in the United States, you're probably like, what is, what is, <laughs> what is this fraternal organization? Like, what are we joining into? So most fraternities and sororities have a national presence, right? So there's different chapters all over the country at different campuses. Some come and go. Some are there for 50, 100 years. Some are there for 10 years and can get disbanded for mm-hmm. bad behavior. All sorts of reasons why a house might leave a campus. But in order to get into one of these houses, you have to rush. 
And I think rush is very different experience for girls than for women versus men. Right. You rush, then you are chosen. You, you get bids. A pledge. You get bids and yeah. you, then you choose the house. So during this, so we'll just go through the process. So yeah. the rush process is really a bunch of different events, mm-hmm. right? During a week. And some are invite only. Some are like, because somebody, so another active member of the house has invited you to this like, special <laughs> event for people they're recruiting seriously. I see you lapping this shit up. Oh, girl, you don't even know. I loved it. I hosted a rush event at my very fancy house. It wasn't my house. It was my boyfriend's house at the time. But I was like, come on, come all to my my mansion in Pasadena. We'll go impress everybody. <laughs> I loved it. But, but the rush is like, so during the rush process, there are these events and there's lots of events that are open to anybody who wants to rush this house. You can come. And during rush, the sorority or fraternity is putting their best foot forward. They want to show you, they want to get, show you like what we're all about. Like, look how nice our house is, right? Like how nice our members are. If you're a girl. <laughs> if you're a girl. If you're, if you identify as a boy and you go into a house, mods are that it's not that nice. It's probably not that nice. It's true. But they are trying to get to know you, right? They are trying to like... They're trying to, it's like a business deal, right? It's like you're coming to the sales meeting and the salespeople are rolling out the red carpet and being like, oh, look at all this great food we have. Our chef Mm. is so good. You'll love it here. The girls are so nice. We do all these cool events. This is our brother fraternity. Look how nice our brother fraternity Mm -hmm. is, right? Like all of these things to help convince you that you want to choose this house as your number one house. The Asian sorority and fraternity thing is a little bit different, but- Mm -hmm. In Greek life, so what you end up doing is after you've gone to all the rush, rush events, you rank your houses in order of preference. So you're like, this is my number one choice house all the way down. And the houses do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So they rank their top <laughs> recruits. I wonder if it's changed. Like we're so out. Like maybe it's totally different now, but I don't know. You know what I'm saying? That like could we could, this could be some old ass information, Let's people. Kind of ask caveat. Some former students. Yeah, we'll ask some former students. I've talked to some former students. My sense is that it's still the same, but there might be more progressive ways to do this that feel more inclusive. I wouldn't be surprised if some schools have changed this, but that's usually how it used to go. And then some hive mind would get together and try to sort everybody into the, like, it's the sorting hat. They, like, sort people in their different houses. Mm -hmm. And then you get your bid, right? They call you and they're like, we're so excited to send a bid for them. You know, and the girl, ah, and scream. There's lots of screaming. I just could not. And it's interesting. I heard a story recently from my former students about their rush process. They had a really good process, but there was all this drama. And this is inevitable with the rush process, which might be a con for you. If you Mm -hmm. have like a highly anxious child and is like very fearful of rejection, like there is going to be rejection in this process. And then you watch your friends who went through the same process with you get the thing that you wanted. Like that's really hard. Yeah. And you don't, and like you thought, all of us are going to be in the same house. It's going to be amazing. But then the that. group gets split up. Well, I was coming home for soccer practice eating you my popcorn. Tears over there. Tears <laughs> over there. Right? Screen because screen. groups, yeah, groups of girls, they're like, oh my God, we're going to, oh my God, we're being split up. We're not going to be in the same house next year. So there's a lot of drama. It's an emotionally rock process, unfortunately, which can be hard, right? And so it's like you got to kind of have a sturdy kid going through this. Yeah, you have to have a certain constitution, I think, to very much so for young women because it is personal. It feels very personal because it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're being judged. You're being judged. You are the rush process is about judging. 
Right. Like you don't get to take a test <laughs> to get into the sorority. They're literally meeting you and taking pictures of you and being like, do we like you or not? Yeah. Do we like you enough? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and I, yeah, I get it. As an adult, I don't like that <laughs> for kids. I don't like that. As an adolescent, I was like, let's uh, go. Let's do it. <laughs> Well, remember, right? These 18-year-olds, they're still very much squarely in the middle of adolescence. And so, of course, they're they're all about fitting in. Mm -hmm. And what's the best way to fit in is to join an organization where you get to, like, all wear the same Greek letters on your T-shirts, right? Like, it's nothing says group more than, like, that kind of coordinated wardrobe, coordinated cheering. That's right. The secret handshake. I can still sing my sorority song. Please. A single candle glows. <laughs> no, stop it. Is that really And it lies the warmth of caring. <laughs> I swear to God, that's how it goes. <laughs> oh my God. Don't laugh. I can sing the whole thing. And I can recite the Greek alphabet. I mean, it's the whole thing. Uh, the things that I learned. This is very, very important skills, life skills that I learned in my sorority. Oh I do know the Greek alphabet. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so then... Let's not... Should we even touch substances and drinking? <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's do it. We should. Okay, great. Let's okay, well, it. first of all, let's be clear that there's going to be your... There's lots of parties in colleges, for those of you who are shocked by that. i sorry. Um, <laughs> and they're not just the province of Greek houses. Of, to many of many a party... My first party in college was put on by the men's water polo team. Oh, yes. And let me tell you... Good eye candy freshman year. I was just going to say. Yeah, not bad. Hubba, hubba. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to that party with my freshman year RA. Who was one of my friends? What's Manel. Love Manel. She's great. Anyway, <laughs> so substances exist on most college campuses in all kinds of places and constellations and groups. So I don't, it's not that we're picking on Greek life as in saying somehow that that's the only place where your kid could get drunk or do drugs. That's not true. And you don't have to join a fraternity or sorority to get drunk or high at a fraternity or sorority party. You sure don't. You sure don't have to be a member. You sure do not. Mm -mm. So I think what kinds of events do sororities and fraternities often put on? Well, a lot of it is party-based. There are philanthropy events. Yep. There are fundraisers and such. Yeah, which usually are some kind of party, but maybe in the daytime. And most of those events have a lot of substances at them because it's a bunch of 18 to 22 year olds. That's what they do when they socialize. That's what they do. There's a lot of red solo cups involved. So lots of red solo cups. I did a lot of DDing, designated driving. Because she can't drink. Because I can't drink. But we were partying hard, undoubtedly. You did party hard. I partied moderately. Oh, no. Party in the way that you think I would party, you know? I'm there's nothing moderate about me, so <laughs> Fast. I don't do things in moderation <laughs> in general. So I think for me, if I had a child who expressed interest in Greek life at the school that they're attending and I, I sort of wait, I thought of a pro. What? Some sorority houses are really nice. Yeah. And you can have really nice comedy. That's true. They have like chefs. They, yeah. They have, like, and really manicured lawns. It's really pretty. And the rooms it's are very much nicer. Pretty. Yeah, I would true. say that's not true for those of you that identify the as male. fraternity house is not true. Uh, Maybe, nasty. like, one or two, but generally not. Like, the floors are sticky. Yeah. But the sorority houses are actually... Sorority houses can they be, can be quite, really quite nice. lovely. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. No, that's okay. I was just going to say, if you have a kid and they're interested in Greek life and you sort of researched it at the school and you're like, okay, I'm kind of down with it, fine. I think this is the advice Kathy and I would be giving you regardless of if your child was joining a house or not, but... 
you gotta have these conversations about parties and substances and drinking and safety with your children before they go off to college. They need to be aware. You know, like when you go to a college party at a fraternity or not, at a tailgate, you know, we went to USC big football school. I tailgated my face off in college and beyond. And there would often be some like that mysterious alcohol that you're like, oh, the jungle juice that people are just drinking out of. And I think back on that now, I'm like, ugh, disgusting. But but it was so sweet. And those it are the kinds so of good. things you need to talk to your child about. Okay, not leaving their drink unattended. Who do they walk to the party with? Who's walking home with them? What if their friend starts hooking up with somebody and now all of a sudden the person they were supposed to walk home with is, you know, over there? Unavailable. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff is so real. And so I think it's just like anything else. Help your child understand all of the pros and cons of what they're getting into and just be safe. Be prepared for the different ways that safety is going to get stress tested. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. I don't know that I have much to add to that. I would like to say I know that we have, for those of you who are very pro-sorority and fraternity, we should have maybe brought one of those people <laughs> I was like, I don't know that we offer the most balanced. <laughs> I was uh, counting on you because you actually were a part of it. I get to fully own my bias and ignorance. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I have my, I have plenty of my own biases too. But I bought into a lot of the... The silliness, right, associated with fraternities and sororities at the time. I think they can be good for kids, but I do think that it's a good conversation to have too. Like, why do you want to join? Mm-hmm. What are the What are these houses about? What do you know about them? Like, it's good to not just go on. Like, well, all my friends are doing it, so that's the house that I want to be in, right? I want to yeah. do yeah. Like, and more and more, you know, when we were in school, men could rush fall semester and spring semester, but girls could only rush in the fall for the entire year. And Mm. that always used to, I always sort of liked, I think that's shifting more. It's shifting for for young women. Spring rush is more common. Because I think spring rush, if if I had to give someone advice, I'd say let them have a semester on the college campus because rush happens in the fall before school starts, before they like even move in, I think actually. No. Is it? No, I know. No, the it's, period it's between move in and like there's like that week between move in and like when classes start. And the rush is like r- classes haven't really started when rush is going on. Really? I thought it's like rush- right before. Oh, I don't know about that. I thought it was after I think it's usually after classes. I only have remember that because I was I had to be back early as an RA and I feel like they were like already there's already clapping going on. And <laughs> if there's an option to wait until second semester freshman year, that might not be a bad thing to consider. Yeah. Just some schools it, even push it to sophomore year now. Some schools actually have banned first semester yeah. freshman year rush for all kinds of reasons. But that allows a child to just get used to college for a hot second. Like, what's the pace of classes? Can I wake myself up? Like, who's in my dorm? What are my professors like? There's enough new stuff to yeah. adjust to when you first arrive on a college campus that adding this whole other piece can sometimes be, it's just a lot. So I think if there's that option, if you have choice, your child has a choice between different time and times of entry, maybe think about waiting. Well, yeah. And I, I think that we didn't talk about pledging, but um, when you are pledging, you have a lot of responsibilities. So on top of this, like getting to know your professors and classes and new school, community, city, whatever it is, you also have these pledge responsibilities which is like attending certain events and doing stupid running it. Yeah, exactly. Running errands for your actives, like these stupid things that at the time feel very meaningful and important. You know, as adults in reflection, you're like, wow, that was a total waste of time to have to do that while I was also trying to Mm -hmm. like get good grades, make new friends. 
So yeah, that's like the whole pledging process for those of you who never like you have to do stuff. It's not optional. You can't say no. As a pledge, you get kicked out, right? As a pledge, your your persona, non like they work so hard to get you, and then once you're there, they're like, now we own you. <laughs> but I do wonder if that's changed a little because hazing has been yeah, it's a huge problem on college campuses. Not just in for it should be noted, not just in fraternities and sororities, but also in th- in places like the bands are notorious. For oh yes, college the, bands. I was in notorious. marching band too, by the way. Yeah, marching bands are notorious for hazing. <laughs> So I, I wonder how much of that has like shifted. But I think even with the less hazing stuff where you're like, you, you don't go buy me my Starbucks. Like, I think there's probably less of that happening now, but I definitely think the responsibility thing is real. Like having to attend certain events. That is real. Functions with your pledge class. I think like, pressure to drink is real. Yeah, that's real too. Like, and drink a lot. Especially for drink. boys. Especially, especially for boys. Especially for they boys. They get pressure to binge drink a lot. Yeah. Anyways, we're sharing all of this with you <laughs> so that you can have these important conversations. Do you think this is what your friend hoped We'll you find out. I'll ask her. <laughs> I'd be like, is this what you wanted? Here you go. You're welcome. Oh <laughs> An uplifting episode. Do you want to finish with your sorority song? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not closing out. Candle. <laughs> A single oh, the candle, candle glows. <laughs> A single yellow rose. Oh, my God. This is all for my Sigma sisters out there. You know you love it. What's next? And it lights the warm. A single. And it with the world, it's fragrance sharing. That's how it is with our love. To each a gift we bring. Through peace or tears, through all the years, a sisterhood are we. You're welcome. (laughs) And that concludes our episode on Greek life. Thanks for listening.